Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Your mind, body, and soul were not meant to live disconnected from each other. Putting all the beautiful parts of you into one breathtakingly whole experience is what you deserve. As a life coach, I work to support your story. Together, we can set free the story of you. I bring guests onto my show so that you can hear powerful stories of other women all across the world. I want you to see how profoundly important living and telling stories is. I understand what it feels like to live under expectations and programming that are not aligned with who you are. I learned to write my own story in my year of Jess, and I want to guide you as you write the story of you. Your beauty, power, and value are already in there, in you. It's time. Time to take your pen back and write the story of you. It begins today. Go to my website, jessicatravis.com backslash free journal guide. I've created a five-day journal guide free to you. Five days, five emails, one new story of you. After subscribing, I'm going to send you an email with a link to my private Facebook group called Get Connected. I'm creating a community for you to embrace and fall in love with the story of you. Welcome back to the Connected Podcast. I'm excited about my guest today. We have been um, chatting under another format, um, another group that uh, sparked some really interesting conversation that I'm excited to jump into today. Um, So today I have with me Bianca, and Bianca is somebody that I have met through another coaching group. There's the raspy voice we were talking about. Excuse me. I have this producer that I live with. <laughs> I can get to clean everything up, but um, I'm just getting over a chest cold, so I'm sounding nice and sexy for everyone. I am too. Um, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Bianca and I met um, through um, a beautiful coach named Haley Carr. Um, I've been doing a lot of work with her and coaching me in my business. I also got my NLP certification through her. And um, Bianca happens to be in a group where we are diving into our businesses. But diving into your business really means diving into yourself. And so we found some real common ground we wanted to talk about today. So Bianca, who are you? Oh, I am so good. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I I really feel like 
so blessed to have met you and this it, this group that we're in I find myself thinking am I in like a magical fairyland um these connections that I've made through these commonalities and these um these connection points are just yeah. so meaningful so I'm so happy to be here having this conversation with you um specifically <laughs> yeah we're we're actually I think we're just kind of holding back because we're really excited to talk about this particular topic um but I'd love for you um just to give us um a frame of reference for like who you are how you show up in the world um because um our conversation is gonna is really gonna come back to that and and partly because you and I um, are in this group, we connect in regards to these like micro moments of our business that we're getting coaching on, right? And so there's a lot about you and I as we sit here, we're discovering as we chat for this podcast. So um, so tell me a little bit about you. Who, who are you? Who am I? Whenever someone asks me that, I feel like I, I there's nothing about me. I like dogs. Um, <laughs> who am I? Who am I? Um, you know, it's funny because nothing has brought me closer to who I am more than starting a business, like going mm. full in on myself uh, in my personal business. I had always, so I'm a photographer, I'm a photographic artist, and I ever since high school and I took that first class, I realized that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And I had been doing my personal work over the years in addition to a full-time job, but it was only after I got laid off like two weeks into my maternity leave last year or a little over a year ago now um, that I was like, you know what, if I could work that hard and be that committed and feel that whiplash for someone else then I'm, I might as well be doubling down on myself. So, mm, yeah. um, but I, I didn't, I really didn't understand back then how much starting your own business was really just coming to terms with yourself over yeah. and over and over again. Um, and through, you know, completing these tasks that you're, you know, supposed to do as, an, you know, coming into a business and determining what you offer and who your ideal client is and blah, blah, blah. Really that has forced me to come into a knowing of myself that I didn't realize I was unaware of. I thought I was a pretty, yeah. you know, <laughs> I thought I was pretty yeah. um, aware of myself, but really this work has been mind blowing and eye opening. It, it really, it really does. It's, um, you know, I, I remember when I first got married a long time ago, like 27 years ago, people would tell you that getting married is like looking in the mirror. Like you get this this interaction that you see yourself all the time while you're building this relationship. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way about my business. Mm -hmm. It is a it's a reflection of who I am, especially when you're doing something that you're personally passionate about. It um so much of you is in every bit of it, in your marketing, in your successes, in your failures, in your, um, you know, learnings and growth and all of that. And it's sometimes I really just want to turn my back to the mirror and <laughs> say, I don't want to see all this about myself, I right? <laughs> no, I know. And you know what? It's like the crazy thing is, so you said that about you know, your marriage, how it's like a mirror and really all of life is that way. But the difference is 
especially when you're first starting out and you're in a solo business, there's no to quote unquote blame. There's no one to point out and like mm, get distracted mm-hmm. by like, this is why this is happening. Like in your life, right. it's a free for all. There's every, yep. so many factors coming in. So it can be very confusing, uh, you know, determining where is the source of this discomfort and whatever, what have you. But in your business, you're like, I created all of this alone, me. So yeah. I must have ownership over what's going on. And so I think that is why it's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I am curious, be, before we jump too far into some of the, the juicy stuff we want to talk about, I am curious, though, what uh, brought you to photography? Mm. Because it's a very um, artistic space, um, I have a little bit of background in photography, and um, so I understand some of the the joy and the um, the getting lost in um, creating moments. But I'm really curious what brought you to that um, modality. So you know, it's really funny. I I had always loved taking pictures in a very like surface level way, I would say, like when I was growing up in high school, I was really into concerts and, you know, it was my goal in life to get to the front of the stage and take awesome pictures with my, you know, disposable camera. And I had been taking a photography class in high school, but I was also in all AP classes and doing all the things and quote unquote succeeding in them and getting great grades and whatever, but none of it, I just felt, I I just had this everlasting feeling of so what like I always remember my best friend's an engineer mm. and we would be doing a math problem and it would be a couple pages long and she'd have like this look in her eye like isn't it amazing that after all this work and it's one answer and we got it right I want to jump out a window I just I can't believe I wasted <laughs> so much of my life I don't care that I got it right um so <laughs> there was always that and I always loved photography but I never took it seriously until I came across this photographer's work. His name is Jim Goldberg. And he did this series uh, called The Rich and the Poor. And it's this very documentary, black and white portraits of these families in both affluent and poverty stricken Mm -hmm. areas. And then the clencher for me was that he had given the photograph to them and had them in their handwriting personally write something about the photo. So it was this very psychological, like there's Mm. just so many layers to this project. And it was one of those moments where I felt my brain reorganize. It was like something changed. I was like, oh, I can, there's so much more. It's so much more than like a pretty picture. It's so much more than, you know, a moment. Like this is like this collaborative, like, I don't know. I just saw it on 42 different planes in my mind. And that's when I took it really seriously. Um, I just didn't really realize that it could be, that it could mean so much more and it could Mm. have this greater message. So that's when I um, decided to go to a (laughs) private art school and gave my dad like 47 gray hairs in an instant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, there, there is the artistic uh, storytelling side of photography. Mm -hmm. And then there is the business side. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I, I think one of the things that I'm learning, I love to write, I love to create. Um, when you enjoy those types of things, um, sometimes it's really hard to switch the brain back and forth oh. between this business mindset and I just want to create. I just, I want to, 
I want to speak something into the world with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And those are, I think, I think that's the other part of that reflection piece. Like, do I have this duality um, about myself that I can successfully do both? Mm-hmm. Um, speak into the world um, in whatever way I want to and do it at a level that is successful enough that the people who need to hear it, see it, touch it can actually experience it. Oh, that it's just a massive part of the equation. But I think that where we can get tangled up is making, um, <laughs> I always, now this word makes me think of Haley, Haley Carr, coach, mm-hmm. um, making it different. Like I think about the business side of things and how hard I've made it. Um, and when I keep looking over at the craft and every time I have a photo session, it's always so easy and fulfilling and natural mm-hmm. and flow. So just more recently, I've been like, you know what? I'm really curious about how this without fail, no matter what my condition, like mentally or whatever, I can go into a session and it can be amazing every time. What, what is that? Why is that? Is that? Um, so I'm really looking at dissecting that right now and being able to pull that apart um, and find a way to translate it to areas of my life that, you know, you have to show up for with your business and, you know, all the areas that don't come as naturally, but really have the opportunity to have you insert your ease into it. It's just not as intuitive because we don't see it like that, you know, as often. Well, and I think you bring up a really great point. It's... um it's the shoulds Mm -hmm. um, that we are wrapped up in. Like, it should be done this way. Uh, A business should provide these services or um, my marketing should look like this. And when you are the type of person that continually finds yourself um, straining in the shoulds, um, I think that's one of those spaces where we really see ourselves. Yes. Um, and I know that that was an area in which you and I had connected on because we were really fighting with the shoulds that were hardwired in us, that this is how we should be um, uh, delivering our our services, our art, our creations to the world. And it wasn't working for us in various ways. And and Haley is a beautiful coach in that she is constantly pushing um, that boundary for us um, or encouraging us to push our own boundary with that, that, that we don't have to live by the shoulds. They don't always work, and they don't work for everyone. Um, but you and I kind of discovered something about ourselves that was pretty like, oh, my gosh, this is a game changer. Like, yeah. I, I think of the, you know, the little, um, the, the brain popping emoji, you yeah. know, like, oh, oh, thousand it was aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. I was getting, uh, I mean, I just, my mouth was probably open for about an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it just happened to be in a conversation we were having um, in one of our groups that uh, you and Haley kind of had this little interaction of, um, she mentioned you were a highly sensitive person. She knew this about you. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, what, is, what does this term mean? And, um, Your ears and Haley's like, You're like oh. I'm like, wait, okay, you guys keep mentioning this, but I don't have a frame of reference for this term. And um, 
and I, I immediately go to what I think it means. Like, highly sensitive sounds like, okay, somebody can't get their emotional shit put together, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and I'm like, I, I don't think that's what she means because that's not how she's referencing it. It's like a, she was referencing this as a good quality, as something um, that you should embrace. And I thought... This, I'm, I, my curiosity was piqued, and she's like, "You just have to Google it." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "What? <laughs> There's a world about this." <laughs> oh. yeah. And uh, and you guys had recommended a book for me to read, um, the highly sensitive person, and I actually don't have the author's name in front of me. I can't believe I did that, oh. um, but I will put it in the show notes so that there is a link to finding this book. Um, but Elaine Aaron. Elaine Aaron? Elaine Aaron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this uh, book opened a door for me. And I've just recently been reading it, so I'm actually not even finished with the entirety of it. Um, but I am curious, when you had read this, um, and just because I'm wanting to connect our time frame here. Uh, no, recently. So, oh. Haley had recommended that book to me because... Of I uh, wrote to her, and she's like, check this out. They also made like a little in the '90s or something a documentary. Alanis Morissette's in it. And she's because she's an HSP, and only a year ago did I even come to the term HSP. Um, and I kind of yeah, I'm a week into this. So. Oh no, so only a year, but I didn't really deep dive. I saw it and I was like, you know, half just half serious I was like oh it's totally me like but I didn't realize mm-hmm. how deep <laughs> that mm-hmm. that the roots of that went until I read this book so I read that book about a month ago um and it it felt like this author had stalked me my whole life and then wrote a book about me and didn't ask my permission <laughs> I exactly like, right? I was like I mean down to a type of music she ref like even her off the cuff references are like so spot on. Like right. sometimes happy music really annoys the crap yeah. out of me. I like oh my gosh! Like the things that I thought made me like a I don't know. I carried around like a subliminal amount of shame around like what kind of person gets annoyed over happy music or what kind of person you know I get really pissed off if someone like off the cuff invites someone on a family trip and doesn't I, I was like no in my mind this was the energy that was happening and now you just inserted like <laughs> these people exactly. <laughs> like, it's like it's things like that that I thought were such odd quirks about me and made me like not welcoming or whatever um I realized it was all part of this very interconnected network of my DNA and what makes me an HSP um and I love, I love the way that it's, it's framed because it is a strength. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, es- especially when you start to understand it and be able to like harness it. And so the things that feel like deficits and pain points um, can be mitigated. I feel like once you start to, and I feel like I just need to read the book all over again. And I just finished it. Yeah, I, I was actually talking with my mom about it last night because I thought a lot about her as being a parent to me mm. and, you know, referencing uh, in my mind past conversations she's had about what kind of child I was growing up. And um, uh, the book goes into um, detail about what it would look like as a child 
to be an HSP, a highly sensitive person, and um, because I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of take a side road here. I've recently had um, seen over social media, just kind of socially in the news, different places where people are coming forward and saying, I've been I've gone through the tests and I am now on this. I realize I'm on the spectrum. This answers a lot of questions for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing more and more of that. And and I was actually becoming more and more curious of my own oddities and wondering, is that something I should be doing too? Like, should I go down this road? Mm-hmm. There's just parts of me that I either am continually frustrated with or I just don't know how they fit with other people. Um, or they don't fit in a way that I see ease for other people and it's difficult for me. Yes. And so when I started reading this book, I kind of had that like sitting in the back of my mind going, um, am, am I, should I be looking into testing for being on the spectrum? And yet I didn't really feel with what I understood of autism that that was going to be a right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And this book um, allowed me to look back through my timeline and see myself in these characteristics of HSP um, all the way through my entire life rather than, hey, I had a traumatic moment and now I'm this person because of this traumatic event in my life and I just need to fix myself or I need to undo the trauma or I need to, you know, like... um, uh, yeah, it was this, uh, there's something wrong with me feeling. And I felt like the book was very gracious in saying, no, what you don't understand is this is a gift. Yep. And that was game changing for me. It felt, it felt healing, like very soothing mm-hmm. to read that. I agree. And it's, you know, I always thought before I even heard about HSP, I always knew it, it just deep down that, whatever it was that made other areas of my life difficult about me was the reason why I was able to do what I love so much and what I did. So I never Mm. wished I wasn't like the way I was, but I always had this very um, conscious knowing of like difficult, but I wouldn't prefer it another way. Um, But I I do think it's, it's funny that you go and you talk about, you know, thinking about your mom and asking her about her experience because I think that has a lot to do with our foundational beliefs about who we are as sensitive mm-hmm. people. Um, when you said that that answered a lot of questions, um, I think that as I was listening to the book, I was thinking, okay, so I'm seeing how I was parented and how I kept he- I always heard the phrase, you're thinking too deep into this or blah, 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 or chill out, relax, mm-hmm. you're Yet I was being parented by someone who was also an HSP that does mm. not know they're an HSP. <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. it's like this new language and we're coming to understand. Um, but really seeing, witnessing him now through that lens of like, oh, I, he didn't want life to be hard for me like it was for him. Yet I took on so many of his traits. I'm, mm-hmm. I've, I feel like I have so many fears that I've been working to remove the layers from. Um, but really my fear is like what 
was the start of my photography and like the creation that I wanted to make in the world and my whole why. So I can't regret it. I don't regret it. But yeah. it's really interesting to see how an undiagnosed uh, manifestation of this world that we're talking about can lead to so many things. And it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a rubber band ball and then unraveling of it. What well, was interesting, my mom's reading the book right now, so because oh, cool. I, I wanted her to um, I, 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 I think I wanted her to see me, the mm. child me, through this lens. It's, it's, it was really strange. I was like, I, I sent her the audiobook um, link, and I was like, "Can you just listen to this? Because I think you'll see me in this book." And my mom and I are really close. We have great conversations. Um, but there were some very specific um, events in my childhood. Um, they had early on, um, I was having epileptic seizures, which she mentions um, epilepsy very briefly in the book. Um, but I was never, they just stopped at around five years old. and um, But they were usually triggered by some type of overwhelm. And um, so as I'm reading this book, I'm I'm going, wait, you know, they never understood why suddenly I'm not epileptic anymore. Um, and so my mom and I were talking about whether or not these seizures um, were actually more induced by being an HSP child than specifically um, a condition of epilepsy. Right. Um, but th- it was, I wanted her to feel... Like, like she wasn't an incompetent mom, yeah. you know, dealing with me, yeah. um, but that she, she actually did a really good job. Um, she just didn't know exactly what she was up against. Yeah. Um, and because she's not an HSP. Mm-hmm. And so she was uh, really trying to understand um, in a world where how your child behaves is... Um, reflective of what kind of parent you are, yeah. right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, I actually gave the book to my daughter, my oldest daughter. Um, I'm wanting to see if she connects with it. There's some things that I saw about her in, in her childhood as well um, that I wonder if she um, will see herself in this book or not. Um, but I'm, I'm finding that. Uh, it it feels a bit on this side of understanding it more like a superpower. Like I've discovered something about myself I can be excited about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree completely. What about it? What about it feels the most empowering to you? Um, I think th- the level of intuition and um. The level of reading a room um, yeah. where 
there's a lot of, which I think is why it becomes overwhelming, but there's a lot of information being taken in and, um, and, and yet I'm usually spot on about what's happening, about the atmosphere, about it, it to a point where it annoys people. If I speak it out loud, like there she goes again, <laughs> she's figuring it all out. Um, but it's actually, uh, if I don't do, if I don't sense those things that are going on around me, um, it actually creates a very unstable feeling for me. Like I, I, it's it's how I prepare myself to know how to interact socially or in that particular environment. Yeah, it's how we orient ourselves in in the world and in our lives for sure. Mm-hmm. What um what was what have you found to be the most profound um, understanding of yourself as an HSP? I think um, just this permission to nurture myself in the way that doesn't look like other people. I think that for a long time I felt um, broken in the sense of being too fragile for this mm. for this world like there are times where i'll i'll be i'll pass someone on the street and there's something about their face that i just feel like oh my god i, won't, I don't want anything bad to ever happen to this person i just have this immense like mm. compassion for this part for no reason just someone that walks down the street um and you know now that i'm a mother you know having two kids it's not for the faint of heart and i say that i am faint of heart <laughs> like mm. i get so in an instant i can get so deeply afraid and scared and hurt and upset for them that i feel like i could just burst into smoke you know what i mean so mm. i think that understanding the flip side of that and how it is really how tied it is like there isn't it's not oh i have this and i also have this it's like that is the trait that I have. That is like my way of taking in the world and processing and whatever. And I can't have this beautiful part without having feeling it mm-hmm. in this way as well. So um, it's given me a little more peace about it. A lot more peace about it, actually. Like, okay, I wouldn't be able to see the moments that I do for others and take those pictures and speak of it the way I do if I didn't experience it like that, but that also means that I am going to have that deep level of experience for things that aren't necessarily positive or, you know, warm and fluffy either. Um, Mm -hmm. So just uh, understanding that, um, that distinction. Hmm. I I thought it was really interesting in in the book. She makes this point that um, there are certain um, occupations, certain um, paths that HSPs do really well um, to travel down. Um, they tend to gravitate toward them naturally, um, but that they're also needed in a lot of spaces within the world, yep. um, within the corporate as much as the artistic. Um, did you connect with that at all? Both, I mean, you've you've worked for other people and you've worked for yourself. Mm-hmm. Engaging with that business side, not just the artistic side. Yeah. Did you connect with that at all? Oh yeah, I I really really see the need for that in a corporate setting as well. Um, 
just having this multidimensional set of sensitivities that, um, especially when you can harness them in a way uh, where you can like com uh, effectively communicate needs to where, this is like what you said, reading a room. It's like you can see all of the needs in a situation or in a team or for a project, mm -hmm. but then not only see them, understand how to effectively effectively communicate that need. Um, you know, for instance, I worked in a studio. There's a lot of artists, a lot of creatives, lots of feelings and whatever, and understanding who I'm talking to and how, okay, if I phrase what's needed like this, it will go out the window. If I phrase it like this, it will be taken seriously. It's like having... Mm -hmm. I always kind of felt like I was like a, I don't know, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, split personality yeah, in sorts, yeah. because it's like, I can know so logically everything so clearly, but also feel so turbulent and, and feel, you know, uh, in opposition to what I know. Um, so, you know, blessing and a curse as well. I feel like that's a very powerful thing, but it also is really helpful and needed in the corporate space, um, as well as, you know, your own personal business. I, you brought up a really good point. I, um, I almost waited for you to say it, but sometimes in those situations, I even felt a bit manipulative. Oh. Um, oh. Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, that I could r engage with people so differently yes. by, um, reading what the need was, mm -hmm. that it almost felt like I'm either manipulating the conversation or I'm not being myself like who is myself right if right, I can right. if I can move through with different people in different ways um and this was probably one of the one of the areas in which I thought this didn't feel like um uh being on the spectrum there was such a depth of social reading yeah. that I felt like it was what was moving me away from that now I have a limited understanding of um the various levels uh, on the spectrum but um but this was one of those where I I kept moving away from that idea because I thought no the actually I sometimes I read something so well yeah that I just want to pull away altogether. <laughs> like yeah. it's 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 like too You're much like, energy. I know too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, true. What what were you like as a as a child? Um, I'm just really curious. Like, what was school like for you? What was childhood? I um, you know, it's funny. So I grew up with my father is like a very uh, overprotective Italian New York father quintessential um, and he's someone who had a father who he was 30 something years old for going on 40 or whatever and he would still make him call him when he got home like he had gone to the mm. army he like wow. I mean to this day I, I would be in work and if my dad texted me a period I need to respond to let him know I'm okay like wow. <laughs> you know to, and um so I kind of grew up with that and I internalized that in, in different ways. Like, like as a kid, I remember I was part of safety patrols and there was this big trip to Washington, go to Washington and I really wanted to go. But at, even at that point, what is that elementary school, whatever, my depth of understanding of what the emotional roller coaster that would be for my dad in like 
not wanting to let me go. Mm. But even if he forced himself to let me go, what he would go through, I didn't even ask. Like at mm. that age, I did not even ask because I didn't want to put him through that, even though I really wanted to go. So it's just like this level of understanding. Like I never was afraid of the boogeyman or whatever. I would lay in bed and ask my mom if she locked the doors because I was afraid of like robbers. Like, just like, like real things. Real things. <laughs> real things. I remember my first, actually my first memory ever, and I don't have a great memory, I feel. Um, but my first memory ever was we, so my mom and my dad had gotten this big fight, and he had broken something. I don't remember. And we were going to Home Depot to fix it. And we were really young. And my favorite part of going to Home Depot, I hated Home Depot, but there was this hot dog truck outside. And I loved it we would always get a hot dog with cheese on it me and my sister mm -hmm. and I was so mad at him and we were standing in line and he's I told him I didn't want one and he's like are you what are you sure like it was like my favorite thing he's like are you sure and I'm like nope and every bone in that little body of mine was like <laughs> but for some in my mind I was like I'll show him I will not accept his hot dog because I'm mad at him because he <laughs> broke something and he shouldn't have acted like that. And there's my little sister like chewing on her hot dog. I'm like, how could you, you freak? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just this level of intensity from that yeah. age is just something that I've always remember. And I, I mean, the reason why I'm even, you know, do what I do now. I remember in middle school, I had this moment where I was laying in bed and all of a sudden it hit me. The, the idea of death. The idea of just nothingness. Like, mm. I got caught in a loop of, like, but nothing. But nothing. Like, my favorite color and my parents. One day, nothing. I just, and I, in that moment, I, I just felt this panic. And I, um, ever since then, anything that I did, I always wanted to be able to make it count. not waste time like show my care for something and call attention to things that matter to me in very physical ways so at, at a young age it was like going to michael's and getting like a wooden box and like pasting all of my photographs in there so it was like a box of like love for me or mm. you know th that would manifest in different ways but now what's so funny is that in my work what I am the most passionate about capturing for people is their nothingness so this word nothing that triggered this first panic attack of my life you know the idea of nothingness scared the shit out of me now I am so desperate to show everyone that like no, it's you're nothing. That is the that's everything. It's everything. Anytime someone reaches out for a family session, you know, and they want a destination, I always take a beat and I ask a lot of questions about you know the places and spaces where they feel most at home in themselves and in their family and what's a normal um, you know Saturday for them because I think that those precious places and spaces are overlooked and so this understanding of 
your nothing is your everything with something that I've from that moment on and forever is what I kind of work to show other people. And I think that the reason I'm able to see that and articulate that is because of my HSP-ness. <laughs> Wow, that's really profound. It's it's a very uh, tangible way that you gift the world. Yeah, it's like look, <laughs> look. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's really inspiring. Um, Thank you. It's it's really encouraging to to hear you celebrate yourself in that way, though, um, because it's one it's not easy to publicly celebrate ourselves, right? I, I mean, that's just, I think most people would struggle with that. But, but two, to be able to, to really identify what it is that you specifically gift the world and why you are able to do that, mm-hmm. um, I think would, it seems like it would just give more momentum, more fuel behind, behind that as you move forward. Specifically of your photography and how you get to work with other humans in the world. Like you're, you're not just saying, Hey, I'm going to take your picture and I know how to, where to put you in the frame um, and how to capture the light. Right. You're saying there's a story here and I want it to come out in your whole being. And I'm going to dig to find the story so that when you look at that picture, you see your story. Oh, one of the most painful, like, they say one of the things they say is um, they, whoever they are, um, <laughs> you know, your work, like, what is the pain that you specifically ache for in the world? And when someone says, I wish I would have, or I wish I would have known or what, something like that, it just, it breaks me. I remember in one of a program I was in, this woman had said, I was talking about my work and she had said, you know, I've taken every holiday, first day of school, blah, 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 pictures. She's like, and I would trade them all for a couple of pictures of my kids in their jammies at the breakfast table. I didn't take any of that. I just took the special, Mm -hmm. this quote unquote special occasions. And it's this elusive, like having the most important thing under your nose and not being awake to it is something that freaks me out. (laughs) I think that my practicing of seeing it in other people is very necessary and me being able to keep seeing it for myself because I am a doer. I am someone that likes to fill my days with like, you know, learning and doing a lot of doing for myself. Uh, So I think that I'm prone to, you know, we say we teach what we need most and Mm -hmm. I need that too. So it's much easier to be able to witness that in other people sometimes than ourselves. So that's why I'm, I'm really into this work. And I actually, I had created this course on seeing. It's called Manifest Your Memories. And, you know, I was finding it so difficult to talk about. And I, and I knew it was, when I would talk to people, we'd be five minutes into the conversation. And they're like, okay, so you're not teaching me how to take prettier photos. So it's like, I was like, okay, 
there's something that's a disconnected. There's something that I'm not, that's mm-hmm. innate in me that I'm having trouble communicating. And um, so since then I've created like a membership around this to be able to introduce this world and this idea of taking your right photos like the real mm. right photos of your life that are so elusive um, in a more low-key sustainable way so then that way if through that uh, quote-unquote easier work um, your interest is peaked then you can choose to deep sense but you know as HSPs and as people that are so deeply ingrained in our work it can be the hardest thing in the world to speak about it in a way that people can clearly and quickly understand what we're saying. Oh, wow. That, that was so beautiful. I mean, what you're, what you're trying to create for people and a space where they can tap in to see the world the way that you do. Mm. uh, That's, that's beautiful. That's inspiring. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to go back to the things that I'm doing and saying, how how do I bring that forward in the work that I do? You know? You know, and honestly, so this most recently I took a trip and on this, I had a six hour plane ride. And in my mind, I was like, okay, I am able to f- see at like a superpower, like in these sessions where I'm in a family's house with them that I, I don't have like Wi-Fi. Obviously I'm on, I'm not on my own personal time. So I was like, what if I replicate that onto this plane time and create a course for photographers? Because I was in the, the work that I've been creating. It's like, I'm trying to grasp at clouds. I'm trying to put words to something that doesn't have like a, a neat frame. Um, So it's really difficult. But then I realized for photographers and for a photo session, it's a very specific situation. And I can very easily describe how I can access, you know, these moments in my mind and stay connected to that vision um, in a higher stress situation. So that's, I referenced this in the beginning of the chat, but like, that's why I am doing this course for photographers for how to connect to their own vision in the setting of a photo session because I think only through that will I be able to find more clarity and how I could describe it at a higher level mm, you know because gotcha. I've really worked to do it and I, I've, I've become the fly in the wall situation I'm like okay <laughs> I gotta turn and go another situation and I've been avoiding making a class for photographers for so long because I, I mean, I love photographers, but I so passionately feel like this is a visual language that I want everyone, not just creatives, to be able to feel empowered with. Um, but I do think that this is a very necessary um, stepping stone. So I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting. <laughs> oh, I'm really excited to see, because um, t- I get to spend several more months with you. <laughs> see how this um evolves for you and um now you i'm sitting here thinking okay my my brain's going all over the place mm-hmm. trying to say you know how how do i bring um something um of this hsp understanding of myself um into the work i do rather than trying to continue to conform yeah. um and move away from it or feel like that thing is that part of me is in the way of what I need to do. Um, I do find 
that in writing I have I have no boundaries it's like this flow of like how I think how my mind works and um, I do appreciate that space I've written in journals since I was a child it was like my my way to um, I even I think even to speak to myself when I didn't quite understand myself um, but I, I'm wanting to step more and more into that trusting of my intuition trusting that um that who I am is safe but also really good um not just um not just something to continually fix but I am something to continually evolve um and I one of the things I said to my mom yesterday was that I wish I had understood this much earlier in my life because I think I would have, I don't know if I would have made different choices about things that I did or chose to be a part of, you know, occupations, projects, things like that. So I think we naturally gravitate towards what we want to be in, but um, I probably would have been a lot less frustrated. I would have understood how I could play in that game. Um, one thing that I have learned, and I'm curious um, for you in this, um, other personalities. Uh, there are some um, types of people that I would actually consider a bit dangerous for me to have relationship with. And specifically, um, the narcissist. Mm-hmm. So because of the sensitivity level um, and the um, calling the bluff... <laughs> seeing through it um i i find that that desire to kind of uh connect or be what that relationship needs in order to function is actually a really dangerous place for me with someone like a narcissist or a gaslighter Mm -hmm. because the um and i'm learning this late in life that um it's really easy for me to go down a dark rabbit hole of trying to conform, trying to um, figure out how I'm supposed to socially or um, relationally connect with that person, which isn't really possible. (laughs) Um, But I will work really, really hard um, for that. And so then, then there's a loss of myself in that process. Um, And the, the things that I bring to the table as an HSP are not valued. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually, I'm seeing through it, and that's a threat. So the relationship becomes very toxic very fast. Right. And I'm curious if you have any um, like r- relational experiences, specific or general, but um, yeah. that you have uh, are now understanding this piece about you, you can look and go, oh, yeah, that's what this difficulty was. Yeah, I feel I feel similarly where, you know, and sometimes I wonder, I'm like, because we are, we do create stories and we do have some level of projecting. So sometimes I, I try to question myself a little bit in that, but I very quickly have impulses um, and I don't connect with a lot of people. So I, I am an introvert through and through and mm-hmm. I... I, if I connect, I connect hard. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I don't have a, 
I don't have a middle ground. Like even if even people that are like um, more so acquaintances, um, I can have an acquaintance, but like love them. Like if I see a part of their soul and I connect with that, I love that person. You know, like yeah. you're one of yeah. those people. You know what I mean? Like it's I can't. I cannot be in a situation for more than five minutes if I cannot be 1000% myself um, through and through and through and through. And not that I'm like this high maintenance, like, uh, but I just need to have a base level of comfort in either silence or um, just trust in like what's being brought mm-hmm. to the table is pure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't care what Absolutely. it is. It just needs to be pure. Otherwise I can't do it. Uh, I remember one time a few years ago, I had come back. I had gone to a, a bachelorette party. Thing. I was, I just came out crying. I felt dirty. Nothing happened. I just felt like, what was that? Like, it just felt so sticky. And like, I could talk I, about the most vulnerable, deep, dark, sad, whatever things. But like, if I'm stuck in the space of bullshittery or like mm-hmm. um, you know just like yep yep surface level stuff it just feels so bad in my body I just can't do it it's so exhausting yeah. for me so you know I I think that I've uh, in the past I think I've misdiagnosed myself as someone that just doesn't like a lot of people even though I'm very warm and I can I very quickly feel the need to comfort and be whatever presence in the room that the room needs you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like whenever there's an awkward situation where I can tell I have nothing to do with it but two people are uncomfortable like I shall come and make a cushy little thing to help at the situation (laughs) um which is fine too I feel like I'm fine doing that as well but it just needs to be pure that's that's what it needs to be or else I can't I can't deal but I I have also recently uncovered this codependency um aspect that I didn't realize was like a very pointed part of this conversation in that there is if if everyone that I love is not okay there's a panic like I I realize that I have I cannot be okay in many situations without people I love being okay whether or not it has anything to do with me so there's that part of the conversation as well but um I feel like that's something that's a really common struggle, especially with um, friends and family situation and like health stuff and, you know, things like that. But in general, having this HSP in me, um, I very much relate to what you're saying and how I can see and understand like core needs and I want to fill that. Um, But on the flip side of that, if I am in any situation with someone that I just don't feel is bringing forth a purity then I have no patience (laughs) I either love or I'm like I don't want to waste another second of my life (laughs) in this situation (laughs) yeah yeah I I have this uh very uh fine line between wanting to call bullshit yeah um and wanting to just run out of the room like um it's probably safer <laughs> to run out of the room, but um, <laughs> but that uh, I just you can't really dupe me. Mm-hmm. Like you you can't pull yeah. one over on me very easily. I am going to 
sense it at an, an other world <laughs> level. Um, yeah. But even more than that, there's this, there's a side of it that's actually quite empathetic that oh. I'm like, I want to say, I don't want you to have to be that way. Yes. Um, I, I want to see you for you. Like, can, is there a way to get past this yes. so that we can get there? And um, I, I am curious um two uh, two questions one um how do you find yourself hitting like sensory overloads is that a thing for you do you know where you're talking to me i'm in a basement (laughs) (laughs) i i I, oh one trillion percent sensory overload i can't like some stores that have fluorescent lights like i just can i start feeling dizzy yeah, sensory overload. Like I can't even listen to like radio uh, anymore. Really, yeah. I I'm very sensitive to stuff like that for sure. One of my least favorite spaces is this trend for breweries mm-hmm. that um, you build a really high ceilings. Everything's metal, and <laughs> and the acoustics are terrible. I can't. I can only hear everything. Yes. I can't hear the person next to me. And it's like I literally will pull back, and I'm just like, I really just want to leave. To leave. And I feel like I'm yelling to have a conversation. It's the, it's almost like the walls are closing in on me yes. in places where things are the wrong kind of loud. Like they're the acoustics aren't right. right. The I can't. It's like it starts to agitate my entire body. This is going to sound like such an asshole thing to say, but I have to say it. I know it's environmentally great, but air, hair, or hand dryers in bathrooms. Yes. Make mm-hmm. me see Can't black. It. it makes me, I will, I will wipe it on my clothes. It I may, don't care. I know you can see me, but it makes me kind of do this thing where it's I want to so put my ear loud. into my shoulder. Yeah. Especially when you put your hands really close to it. That pisses me off so much. Oh, and even in my 20s, I remember my friends would be like, oh, my God, they call me Nana B, Nana, like Grandma B, because they'd be like, where do you want to meet for happy hour? One, I don't want to go at all. But two, I'm like, can I just, can we go somewhere (laughs) where I can hear you, like talk, like hear, have a conversation? They're like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? I'm like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) I know the, the most energizing thing I can literally do on this planet is to sit across a table from somebody in an acoustically pleasant place and have a really deep conversation. Oh, yes, but they can't just, be backlit because that freaks my eyes out. No, no, they can't be backlit. <laughs> I totally get that. Um, wow. See, there's all these like all these rules I have for myself, and I'm realizing you and I should just hang out in your basement. <laughs> We're so easy to please. However, <laughs> it's the simple things. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I, um, I think that's one of the things that was the first red flag for me. Actually, was realizing that I I could be in very big open spaces and start to feel claustrophobic. Yeah. And and I'm like this isn't about a small space. This is about something else or even um like my husband loves to have his back scratched. Like he just loves that experience. I'm like I have an itch. Can you get it? Okay, be done. Yeah. Like 
<laughs> even the the touch of skin if if he were to sit there and hold my hand and rub one spot for very long i'm like it goes through my entire body as a like an alarm system yeah and um and i just i'm, I'm learning that um that is something i have to mitigate yeah um in my daily life and say either i have to prepare myself ahead of time that i'm entering this kind of atmosphere and give myself um, uh, ways out in moments. So going to a restroom for a little while um, or just stepping outside or doing something where I can relieve the energy. And and I keep coming back to that word that gets it's energy. It's too much energy to take on. And I think that that superficial conversation, the chit-chat, getting to know each other kind of thing, is um is a lot of energy for me yeah um and for other people that's a really safe place to be having a deep conversation is like my husband gets to a point and he's like i'm done i've hit my load and i'm like let's keep going yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah it's, it makes total yeah. sense and it's like you know just because the more the the masses have find their comfort level in that different spot and it's a mis- mismatch doesn't mean i think that's such the empowering part it doesn't mean that we're the yeah. wrong ones it just means yeah. that you know we're outnumbered <laughs> yeah. so we have to facilitate our own relief and it's not like a natural um part of the the schedule of a normal person's life yeah um but it's just because we have different um sensitivities that's it yeah yeah yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm considering it a really uh, grand new adventure. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to discover all these spaces of myself and also be far more gracious um, with how I interact with the world, how I interact with my business. Um, I am a work harder, not smarter person. <laughs> by innate trait like this is just how I am hardwired I think some of that is my upbringing too but um but but understanding that that bringing more of me into my business is actually a really good thing Mm. um it's actually it's actually where um but especially after hearing you talk today I think it's where um my business is going to shine is is because of that not in spite of it um and that's the game changer for me in this um realization um and it feels really good to connect with somebody else who knows exactly what i'm saying and what i'm feeling um and if we ever meet in person we will not pick those places to go And if we end up in one, we're going to be like, all right, let's go in the parking lot because this is yeah. happening. Yeah, let's sit in the car and just have a nice, juicy conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited to, um, to actually observe the world and find, um, vis- you know, as, as I experience other people's creations in the world and be able to recognize an HSP and be able to celebrate the thing they're bringing into the world, too. Um, and and if my offspring in any way um, resonate as an HSP, yeah. um, I have now have the opportunity to interact with them very differently. I did notice she had a, also has a book about parenting 
um, an HSP. And um, so I thought that was, um, I, it's, I haven't read it, but um, a very interesting thing because that was one of the things my mom said. I wish I'd known this. Yeah. I would have done things differently. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you didn't do things differently because yeah. this is who I am. Yeah. And it was, there was so much about me learning how to, to navigate the world and navigate myself that was really good for me. Yes. But um, but there are resources out there for um, for parents. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm fairly certain, it's a little bit early, but I'm fairly certain my son, uh, my oldest, is one as well. He'll do this thing where... When he's watching something um, that he it's intense for him, he'll he'll hold his ears and say it's so mm. loud, and it's not loud. Yeah. Um, but I get it. I'm like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get what you're saying, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I think that as you talk about it, um, as you talk about like now being excited to kind of like re-witness so many things in this new light, the biggest part of it, the game changer, is like nothing is different nothing that's happening is different but it's witnessing it through a lens that isn't of shame and questioning right and doubt and like why am i like this like and feeling outnumbered but like looking at it through this empowered lens like this is interesting how can i make this more me how can i really lean into this it kind of reminds me of i had a chat with sarah our friend sarah from yeah this group yesterday and you know, Sarah's all about like this opening into pleasure and like really leaning in and what else can happen when you really lean into your pleasure and what feels good. So what if, you know, this is not working for me. If you're looking at a checklist and all the ways that you are an HSP, it's like, instead of looking at that and like, this is why this goes wrong in this, you can look at that and think like, okay, knowing this, this is the, the set point. Like, how can this work for me? How can this work to my benefit? Because there are so many ways yeah. in which it's so pivotal to everything that we're doing. Um, and just finding those strengths in the craft and the easiest places to find them is like in your writing or in my photography or in the things that completely reject any sort of over analysis, any of yes. the overdoing that we're so prone to want to do um it's looking in those spaces where that doesn't permit that and it's just like no you have no choice but to be your purest self here and yeah and like just looking at that 360 interesting what are the what are the conditions and what are the things that make me feel more alive here and how do i look at that here it's so cool it's so cool i'm so glad to know uh, this i'm so glad to know i am too and, and I'm really glad to know you because I think this is a conversation we'll get to connect on for years and um, oh, yeah. and we'll get to support um, each other in our businesses in a, in a very unique way. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and honestly, as Haley has worked to support me in my business, there was a lot that I was actually combating with her, like going, no, I can't do it that way. I can't do it that way. And... And I really think she was seeing something and experiencing something as an HSP that I wasn't willing to go down that road. I wasn't, I was trying to still work in this conformity that said, this is the way I have to do it. And, um, and really this group and this realization is giving me the freedom to say, no, we can do this. We can do this a natural way, a way that's really meant for you. Um, and, and that's really exciting. So to be um, around people who get it, who understand it, um, and can celebrate it, um, it it's, it's a privilege. 
Um, so I want I want to connect people with you. Mm. I want people to be able to um, to learn from you, to experience the gift that you have for the world. So I am going to put your information in the show notes, but I, I would love for you to share um, what wh- how people can connect with you and what it is that you're doing that they can be a part of. Oh, thank you so much. I'm feeling very emotional. <laughs> Lump in throat. Um, yes. So I do offer uh, photographic sessions. So I, I document um, anything that you care about. Uh, I work in the Cleveland area right now. I also travel. But um, what I'm even more excited about is the education that I'm putting out. So if you're curious about the world and a new way of seeing and trying to turn on those sensitivities in your own life and kind of see the things that are right under your nose. And I always say, I give this example about how, so I'm a photographer, went to a four year institution. I have, I'm an HSP. So I know all of these things and I feel like I have spidey vision in so many ways, but there are still times where, no, I had taken a picture of my kid. He was like three, three, almost four, whatever. And I looked at his hands in the picture and I freaked out because I was like, those aren't baby hands anymore. They're not pudgy. Mm. And I know that I had taken a million pictures of him over the years, but I didn't look at his hands. And I didn't, if I would have seen or, or known that was coming so soon, I, th- I would have done a study on his hands. I would have like done something special about yeah. his hands, but I missed it. And I th- thought that was fascinating. I'm like, how did I, how did I miss it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. so cocky, but really I'm like, how did I miss it? I, I obsess over everything. And that's just what I want this world to be about is, is to how can we turn on each other's lights a little bit more in the places and spaces that are so important to us that it's just so easy to miss until later. So um, if you head to my Instagram at Bianca Leamora, uh, that's my that's my name on Instagram, I have some a ton of free resources. And one of them is especially for mamas. It's called Get Mama in the Photo. And it's like a three-day uh. inbox challenge. Is it so important? And it just gives these very simple prompts and ways in which that you can actually bring yourself into the frame and it addresses some of the things like not feeling like pretty enough to be in the picture or feeling like it's too stressful or whatever. So um, really just starting that conversation. So if you want to come to me for some resources, uh, I would be more than happy to direct you to one of my many freebies in that lane. That is beautiful. So my follow-up question to that is, do you put yourself in photos? (laughs) I do. I do. You know, I let myself um, listen to myself. So a quick example I'll just give is that when I was going through postpartum anxiety and depression after my first kid, I I was very, very, very thrown off. Uh, we had tried, like there was nothing about it. I, my whole life I wanted a kid. There was nothing about it that would have given me an inkling that I would not take to it. I remember looking at my partner a day into it and I was desperate with fear like a a, an animal about to get shot or something I was like what did we what did we do what did we do I was panicking and Mm -hmm. during that time I didn't take a lot of 
like photographs with my camera because I was just not in a space. I felt like my whole, everything felt black to me. It was really hard. But I remember I would feel the impulse to take selfies at three in the morning. At two, I looked, never looked worse, right? And then there were the pictures that, you know, when family visited, they took and I had makeup on and I smiled. And looking back, I'll tell you that the pictures of me, quote unquote, looking my best or better, make me wildly uncomfortable to look at. Because I know mm. the disconnect. I know what I was feeling and I know, I see myself smiling at the camera and it just freaks me out. And then I look at those selfies I took in the middle of the night where I looked so miserable and so, but those pictures opened up, I could cry thinking about it, like compassion for myself that I've never felt in my life. Like I look back and I'm able to witness myself and with such a degree of compassion and care and really a frame of reference for how far I've come that I wouldn't have ever been able to remember to that degree because it was such a dark cloud situation. And I think that sometimes we forget that these pictures that we refuse to get in um, are not just, every picture you take is not meant for social media or meant for someone else mm -hmm. to look at. Like we have the ability to visually diary, to visually journal our lives mm -hmm and use them as a tool for, um, you know, growth and transformation and healing and comfort. And, you know, if you have the ping to take a picture of something, I say just do it because your wiser self has this knowing that you don't know yet. You don't know why you need that photo. I don't know why I was taking a photo of myself at 3 a.m. in a dark room looking like I got stung by a hundred bees, like, <laughs> but I did it and I'm so glad I did now. It can be a really healing endeavor and I just, I really wanted to like, get that message out. I feel like it's really important. That is beautiful, and I and I think um, a lot of people are going to connect with that. Mm. Um, without ever having to show the show the picture, we all know the picture. Yeah, you know, yes. We, yes. we we have that moment. Yeah, and we're in the moment. We're like, I don't want this moment. I don't want to look like this. I don't want to to remember this moment. But actually, it tells so much of our story. The last thing I'll say about it is that, like, you know, sometimes I, there's no other way for me to say this. Sometimes we can't trust ourselves. We can't trust the the lens that we're using in this moment um, that hasn't had the experience. Like, think about all of those times where you're looking at pictures of yourself and you remember thinking, oh, I wish I looked like this or I hated this about myself. And now there you are 10 years later. You're like, what the fuck was my problem? What? I thought yeah. great. What? Yeah. This is, I mean, I, I use an example. For my whole life, I've hated my profile for whatever reason. We all have our things. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully, I haven't like let it like and avoid every profile picture of myself or whatever. But it's just been something that's annoyed me for years. One day, a couple months ago, I took a portrait with my kids. I was completely profiled. Didn't mean to do it, but I was. 
And I was like, not only does that not bother me anymore, but I like it. What? I like it now. I, for 20 years, hated it. You know what I mean? So, like, when we take this permanent action off of feelings that feel permanent, but they're actually impermanent, and we just don't realize that, um, you know, and we can't, we can't go back. So, it's, you know, giving yourself the grace to, you know, not take an opportunity away from yourself based on what you feel so intensely in that moment. You don't know that that will last forever. Well, because I think you led to, you alluded to this earlier, you know, it's not just a photo. You Mm -hmm. are capturing a story. You are capturing the history, the moments, the, um, the essence of the human, um, not just, um, the shape of their face and their lips and, you know, all of those things. And, and it is really easy to reduce ourselves, um, to that in this very digital world, in this very, um, you know, everything goes on Instagram and TikTok world. Yeah. So um, to um, to take the photo if, and not share it, to take the photo and hold it because you know what? Your kids are going to want to see it. And you're going to, like you said, you're going to want to see it someday. Mm-hmm. Um, what a beautiful resource that you are challenged that you are offering people. Um, I love that. And um, I'm going to share all your info in the show notes so if they didn't catch it in listening um it is there to um connect with and um and if you're in the cleveland area or surrounding area they can just hire you hire you right on the spot too (laughs) so um well i am just so jazzed by this conversation my brain is going to be ticking all day long um you know just thinking about the things we talked about and and um and I expect some more beautiful conversations with you in the future as we both discover who we are as HSPs. Oh my god. This gosh. is exciting. Oh, I I could talk to you for a million bajillion years and I'm honored to have been in this space. I I cannot wait to talk to you next. I hope you come on to my show where we oh, can hear yeah. that as well. That would be Yes, so cuz you do have a podcast as well, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's called Help Me See. It's all basically what we just talked about. Yep. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Okay. Vulnerable. So everything yeah. is going in the show notes cuz people are going to need to connect with you and um and uh, if you felt seen by listening to this episode, um, then I then I feel that we have done justice to this space. If you have felt seen, um, I'm going to put the name of this book and yes. where you can find it in the show notes because I think it is a game changer if you resonated with anything that we talked about today. Um, or if you see someone you love um, in our conversation today. Um, this may still be a really great resource to help understand um, how they tick in this world and um, and be able to celebrate their gift and their superpower because I really believe the world needs us mm-hmm. and I want to show up in a way that um, really honors that. So, Hell yeah. Thank you for being here today and... Uh, I look forward to uh, adventuring our businesses together. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for listening. And may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you.